You're listening to Stuff Weekly, episode 536, Third Person Cuss Simulator. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Stuff Weekly, the show where we take a random theme and give it a shot every week. You can find old episodes of this here podcast over at whyaninteractive.com, and you subscribe to us uh, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, I think. Um, You know, you may have some obscure one I've never heard of before, but it's probably there. Who knows? Go find us. I'm Cody Coleman, head administrator of the EDOC NameLock Interactive Network, and normally I would be introducing uh, Nikki here however uh she has been uh taken back to um her home planet i think which may be earth i don't know she just said sorry not not here anymore at home planet and now she's gone but that's fine because we do have with us still our all-around funny guy and the guy who on tuesdays saves the world one podcast download at a time mr matt crua welcome matt Hi, yeah, thank you. And by saving the world, you do mean the fact that I just download our podcast on different like VPNs in order to boost the numbers, right? Yes, yeah. I mean, you yeah. save my world specifically, so yes, I appreciate what I'm here it. to do, Cody. Thank I'm you. I'm a Cody specific superhero. <laughs> what if those were? Re- I guess those are just bodyguards, huh? Or yeah, yeah. I guess or friends <laughs> or friends. Well, yeah, that's true friend superhero friend bodyguards and that you're mine yeah. and i appreciate i'm it. like i'm like your bodyguard but i wear my underwear on the outside <laughs> and uh, your face uh, you're like a big emblem of your face on my chest i love this new reality we've built uh <laughs> <laughs> and on the underwear a little less now but that's you know i'm still flattered <laughs> uh also what is my superhero name oh your superhero name um yeah Man, you're real good at streaming, right? And you're yeah, real good. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the, the, the learned gamer. That's not, that's more I of a, it. that's real yeah. bad. Yeah, I feel like I started it. a YouTube channel in 2007. You did. I'm like, <laughs> I'm reviewing Castlevania 2 wearing, like, a graduation cap. Meanwhile, you've got, like, po- like as you're reviewing it, you've got, like, pop-up facts that are popping the, up on the screen. Hello, and welcome to the Learned Gamer. This week, we're going to be talking about the historicity of fucking Rygar or whatever. It's going to be great. Uh, dude. All right, start talking. I'm listening. Okay. Yeah, Bayou Billy was originally based on Mark Twain. Don't worry about it. Okay. We also have with us a delightful individual and uh, a new Pokemaster, Ms. Amber Lee. Welcome, Amby. Yeah. Cody got to hear a little bit of uh, of the experience that is playing Pokemon Legends Arceus before, before we started she's today. Just, she's just shouting, uh, don't fuck my shit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was a case of okay, I'm gonna catch you now. Followed by five minutes of screaming, bloody okay. murder as as a Pokemon tried tried to clean my fucking clocks. We're basically uh, playing the same game. Yeah, kind well, of. You're you're playing Pokemon Arceus. I'm playing uh, Elden Ring, which yeah. is kind of like it's it's the same. It's an, also an open world game. Yeah. Where you go you go around in third person and you have to you know f- find the things that you're trying to collect. And then giant things attack you, and you cuss a lot. Yeah, a <laughs> lot. Same game. It really is. Yeah, it's a genre yeah. now. It's a genre. It's a third third person cuss simulator. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, like, I know you're not a big fan, Matt, of the like uh, the the Dark Souls style things. Uh, yeah, is Elden Ring not completely burning you out already? <laughs> um, if I do it in small doses, I'm good. Okay. Um, the cool thing is, so like, I'm looking at it less like Dark Souls and more like Breath of the Wild because it's kind of like Dark Souls Breath of the Wild. Okay, that's the new genre. This po- that's, this is Pokemon Breath of the Wild, right? So, yeah, exactly. exactly. It's a, it, it basically the world is like Breath of the Wild. Everyone loved it. Make our game like Breath of the Wild. Do it. Like I'm not it's mad. Okay. At like coming, like four years coming soon. Mega Man <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Sonic Breath of the Wild. Holy shit! I think that Mega actually Man is happening. Really? I would not be shocked. <laughs> yeah, I think they are making like a big open world Sonic game next. I think oh, that's the big, like there was a trailer for it not too long ago. Oh my I'm not mad about this new world. That. I'm fine with that. Yeah, Breath of the Wild was I, great. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, all right. You know, it's funny that we've already sat here to talk about uh, these video games that we've been playing and, and give some It's called a transition, Cody. We were working on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm finishing it. Uh, so we are a, uh, you know, we've decided the random themes are fun, but now it's time for us to be a game review podcast here on Stuff meow. Weekly. Finally. Yes. Finally, three white people talk about video games. Yes. Finally, in a yeah. uh, completely non-visual medium. It's about time mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for us to talk about these here video games. And you probably won't have heard about these video games that we are talking about. They may seem made up. They may seem well, completely random. That's but because like, we're looking like, like indie stuff. Yeah. yeah. We're like, so we're looking indie. We've got a lot of early releases here. I mean, we are mm-hmm. in like the beta test for some of these mm-hmm. games. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, this is like uh, things that you are going to get to experience. And we're going to tell you when it comes up, if it's worth experiencing or not. Yeah, absolutely. Like, people are probably thinking we're double dipping here with cartridge blowers. But like cartridge blowers is what got us our foot into the industry. Yeah. You know, this is and now where we've, we've got all going. these cool connections. And yeah, this is what we've been building to. Um, and we are still going to call it stuff weekly because yeah. video games are stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, we, you know, they happen weekly sometimes. Yeah. So. Do you think yeah, absolutely, like, yeah. listen, well, listen, our SEO is going to be bad forever and we don't care. Yeah, that's Tell fine. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you tuned in to Stuff Weekly hoping to get some kind of solid thing you can expect every single week, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, my friend, don't know us very well. Welcome. Yeah, more more Welcome. for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's time for us to get into our new world. And Matt, why don't you start us out? Okay. So I've been playing a game um, that I think is unique. Um, that I think is, how do I put this? Um, I, I've really never played a game like it. Um, so let me kind of like set the stage cause it's, it's got a really cool story. All right. Uh, the year is 1943. Sure. Okay. Um, there's a character that your main character is a guy named Joel Wilkinson. All right. And oh, he's Joel. just, yeah. And so Joel is, he's like a criminal in Europe um who's just super handsome he's like really smart he always like carries a calculator on him when the calculators hadn't even been invented yet probably he's just that smart he invented it right be able to like use it just for himself but but he's blind oh Oh. braille calculator yeah yes yeah he's this 
He's this amazingly smart, handsome, blind criminal who can only see when the full moon comes out. Oh, oh, oh he's wait, a wear wear sight. Wear sight, yeah. And like, <coughs> pardon me. <laughs> Whoa. You okay? I just got hit with something. Sorry. Um, and so that kind of ties into the whole setting. So this is a World War II game. Absolutely. A World War II horror game. Timely. With, where the full moon is constantly out and it gives everybody a different wearability. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. Right. So Joel becomes wear sight. He gets wear vision, which is like kind of just makes him a normal dude. I was right? going to say, if the, yeah. moon is always, if the moon is always out mm-hmm. and they only have their effects, isn't that just like, you know, Tuesday for them? Right, right. Well, it's yeah. Sunday because on Sunday he likes to kill bad guys. Oh, okay. That's his catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> on Sunday, I like to kill bad guys. Right. Um. So it's a top-down shooter, uh, kind of like Smash TV a little bit. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. And basically, the way to win this game is you you don't stop moving. You never stop moving because otherwise the other wear people are gonna get you. There's a guy with wear hands. Okay, so when the moon comes out, he gets big hands. Okay, it's not just regular hands. He gets big no. ones. Okay. No, he gets big ones. There's a guy with like a, who's a wear gunner who whenever the moon comes out, he gets a big gun. Okay? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so you, you've got to be like ready to, you know, run away from these horrible, horrible enemies all while going around and collecting various pages of a notebook that explains the historicity of World War II. Because this is the world's first educational top-down shooter. Okay. All right. Gotcha. So, you know, you're going around, you're shooting, you're picking up these these pieces uh, Mm -hmm. of paper. And, like, is that – that that's the the main goal is just to collect all of the pieces of paper. Right, because he's smart and he wants to get smarter. Okay, gotcha. So he wants to learn about history. So he's learning – it's a World War II game where you learn about the history of World War II. Uh-huh. As it's happening. As it's happening. Okay. Yeah. So people are it's writing very, this down meta. and then losing the journal yeah. entries immediately. I, I would assume so. They don't really explain that. Okay. It's just kind of... Like, I think you, the player, are learning about it. I don't know that Joel is actually learning anything. It's gotcha. like one of those collectible pieces where, like, you pick something up and it's like, you've picked a piece of paper. Would you like to read it? And right. you always say no, but, you know. If right. you did, you'd be able to maybe unlock the story. World I guess we would count it as environmental storytelling, except it's telling, like, a historical story that actually happened. And yes. And it's not really environmental. It's more so you just pick up papers, and it does tell you about, you know, hey, on this day in 1942, there was a fight at a bridge. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you fight at a bridge. Oh. Because gotcha. there's a wear bridge. Oh, a bridge. So there's pro a <laughs> There's right. probably like a villain though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the villain is super cool. Okay. Hey, Amber, yeah. why don't you tell us about the villain? Oh yeah, the villain. Um, the villain is uh, you see, the whole thing about picking up the papers and such like that. Uh, that is where uh, the villain actually comes in because the villain is kind of like his competition in finding these paper because a uh, 21 year old Luis Hernandez. Uh, he particularly is interested in solving crime. He is a criminal, 
but he is particularly also interested in solving crime, mm-hmm. other crimes other than his own. Uh, his biggest fear is actually turning to the dark side. That's kind of like what the whole arc is going on here. Like one of those like starts off as a good guy, but like is driven mad by by yeah. by by the search for the thrill of the chase. He's a criminal driven... who wants to solve crimes. He's just, a where de- he... he's a where detective. And well, <laughs> yeah. and he is just yeah. He's a he where detective. And I mean, but the thing is, is that he just becomes so enraged as he's going on. Like he. He, his biggest fear is turning to the dark side, but then he turns to it himself and he gets mad. He gets mad about crime and he gets mad about homophobia. He is just the angriest, oh, interesting man. dentist that is so angry about homophobia. <laughs> so the, yeah. so far, this guy kind of sounds more like uh, one of those the, uh, hero? the villains you can <laughs> kind of relate to. And yeah, actually, I mean, like, maybe they weren't the wrong ones, huh? Yeah, yeah I, I think it like so the arc of um, of his character is like, again, they're they're kind of on the same side, right? They're both criminals. Uh, they're both, you know, trying to find these papers. Um, but it's just that overwhelming rage, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. uh, I think kind of drives them apart. But I mean, Lewis does eventually turn fully to the dark side. He, we, we do we do lose Lewis to the dark side. And that's where since he is, after all, an interesting dentist. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, he does. He does eventually start kind of going like, "Have you ever seen Sweeney Todd? Like a Sweeney Todd situation? Yeah. It's like that, but with with dentistry instead of barbering. Like he just straight uh, up starts murking people. Okay. In dentistry. Okay. So but he, he he's he, a real he, wartime he's, uh, dentist. But right? he but yes he's he is a wartime dentist that is seeking justice against crime and in doing so is causing crime himself because he's killing all the homophobic people which I mean is a good thing to do yeah yeah and there's a lot and there's yeah. a lot of them in World War II uh, yeah, a lot of them sure. in World War II yeah. yeah yeah so so in in trying to stop the villainy of homophobic people he himself becomes a villain right gotcha right. Okay, and then, you know, there's that whole team up at the end where you team up with the villain to fight Hitler. So it's like it switches over because you got to kill the most homophobic person. Absolutely. Right. It wouldn't wouldn't be a World War Two game without killing Hitler. Like that that final boss fight is so fucking cool because one, you get to switch between the two characters and they both play very differently. Yeah. And two, Hitler reveals he's a were moon. So like the moon that's been in the sky the whole time. Is Hitler, who in the real full moon turns into a second moon? <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, <laughs> and you have to kill this moon. It's yeah. fucking wild. It's the yeah. I don't know. There's just like there's a the lot whole going scene where because Hitler then, is then, like, well, which moon I mean, is the real moon? You gotta make yeah. sure you shoot the uh, right one. And if well, you shoot the wrong to, one, you get the bad ending. Yeah, yeah, they have to go to the, the but the, the, you know the secret ending. The, 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 the secret to getting the good ending, though. You know the you know it though, right? Right, right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. you have to go to the to the very special NPC character that holds the secret to destroying Moon Hitler. And uh, Cody, you know about that character, right? Yeah, actually, I I, I do know a little bit about it. Um, her name is Ariel uh, Castillo, and uh, she's she's twenty three, and she's some would call her a desperate goblin, but really she's a, a desperate were goblin she uh-huh, she, uh-huh. Her, she becomes real goblin-esque in in this new full moon and she's been doing a lot of research um but uh she is a desperate woman um originally from south america uh also can only speak at night 
So it's a good thing that we are in the super secret uh, wear time because now it's just constant night until they uh-huh. can defeat stuff. She knows that she's going to lose her ability to speak if they, they defeat uh, this new wear moon Hitler. But right. um, she just, dis- you know what? It's worth it. I'm wearing a brown shirt. <laughs> it's a very important character, sure. I guess. Um, uh, and so she decided, look, I've sworn myself to protect others. I've got to figure out how to help these people. Even even if she loses her ability to speak, which is super sad. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. she does, I guess, stop being a goblin. So there is that. Right. Uh, so it's not 100% selfless. But she has figured out the best way to figure out, like, she, she studied and knows of the secret that Hitler has become this moon. And while the two rival people are going out, collecting all the papers, she's heard tell of them. And she's like, these guys really give a shit about what's happening. I've got to get them both to my side. One of them's going dark, but I got to get them both so that I can inform them. They have power and they need to defeat Hitler. And I know exactly how to tell which moon is the real moon. Right. And if so you, you get you get the special moon glasses and you're able to yeah. see the right moon. It's Absolutely. Like for those like haven't who haven't like seen the game, um it envelops it in this sort of like aura, right? That lets mm-hmm. you know, hey, don't kill this moon, it's a good moon. And it right. makes waves happen. And it also puts um, a Hitler mustache on the bad one. So it does. It well, does. It's always it's always there, but normally you can't see it because of the craters. Um, and I don't know. I thought this game was just like a really exciting experience from top to bottom. Um, it was a really intense shooter. I feel like, I feel like I had a lot of heart and I feel like I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. You can accidentally um, kill Ariel though. I did want to point that out. Right. Uh, she, yeah. she can be killed. And if, if you kill her, you don't get the special moon glasses and you have to kind of just guess. Right. Um, Which could get you like, if, even still, you you get the normal ending. You have to have the glasses yeah. to get the good ending. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, because like the good ending ends up with Joel and Ariel together, obviously. Obviously, um, yeah. But like the normal ending is, of course, you kill Hitler. The regular moon is fine, but like since the regular moon is still there, the people don't turn back. Which right. Is kind of messed up. Uh, the bad ending is really bad when you blow up the re- regular moon and then the yeah. Earth does die. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. it <laughs> I mean, the graphics are kind of cool, but uh, other than that, sure. like, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I can run it pretty okay. It's like kind of pixelated. It's yeah. It's I, I would say like sixteen bit ish, uh, but you know, with some like yacht club type of flair. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm excited. I think this is coming out on PC, on Switch, uh, PS5, Xbox, pretty much the whole gamut. Yeah. Uh, World War Three. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which is World War Two, but World War Three apparently. I, I it's not a catchy title, but no, <laughs> um, that's what they're going with. I like um, it though because it really it tells a story just within its own its uh-huh. own title in and of itself. Yeah. yeah, which I think is important. Okay, I th- I think we've pretty much. Gone yeah, I spent a lot of time through. with that, but um, I'll, I'll come back next week and like let you guys know kind of. Uh, yeah, let me know how that like. goes. Yeah. Um. Okay, we have another game to review. Uh, Amber, yes. you've really been playing this one. Yes, because it is so my style. Like, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I love steampunk. 
like mm-hmm. steampunk, like unironically, like legitimately, this is not a bit. Amber loves fucking steampunk. I fucking love steampunk. Uh, but uh, I just so this game really like reached out and grabbed me. This third person shooter, and it's a real like genuine coming of age story for this character. Uh, for uh, Suzanne Jones, uh, who is just she's she's from Atlanta, uh, you know, the steampunk, futuristic Atlanta. Right. Uh, yeah. Hat Atlanta, so, where everyone's wearing top hats. Yes, mm-hmm. everyone's wearing yeah. top hat. Yeah, Hat Atlanta <laughs> in, in in the in Georgia with like what was it, Gear Georgia? I don't uh-huh. know. Sure. That one. Yeah. Uh, Heard but, of Hot uh, Atlanta. This is Hat Atlanta. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, and she's a wild doctor because I mean, it, it, everyone's just kind of wild and crazy and zany in this world. Uh, but she is just uh built like an hourglass. Like she's wonderful. Same. She's it's a it's a great like the the visuals in this game are really quite good, and I mean like she's built like an hourglass, and I mean she, like literally, like she's had like some kind of surgery or something done, and like she is actually like like time in her, like like if you if she lays down like she loses time, uh like sand in, inside of her. It, oh, it, it's right. a it's a very interesting di- thing. Like she could actually be like a humanoid hourglass type of thing situation going on there. But um, interesting. But the whole thing is that it's she 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 loves looking for somewhere better to live though. Like everything seems great in in Hatlanta, but she just knows that there's got to be something more out there, especially on Mondays. She really likes to look for something better somewhere better to live on Mondays. A lot of day and specific she, goals she, for our heroes. She has one thing that in Hatlanta she's never seen before. And she's always wanted to see. And she starts her quest to, to find her one true passion, her one obsession in this world. She wants to see a hippo. A like, hippo. A, a hippo. Like, like a steam she, hippo? A, 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 any kind of hippo. She'll take sure. a steam hippo. She'll take a real hippo. I mean, she's only ever read about hippos in, in books. Same. In, 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 and I mean... She does like what? What is a hippo? Is it even like the books say? But she does, however, fear that in her search for hippos, she may see the one thing she hates the worst in the world, which is kangaroos. Because like fucking uh, kangaroos, kangaroos in the in in the steampunk world, like robotic kangaroo steampunk creatures are just d- dicks. Sure. Just dicks, and uh, I mean, again, the design is very interesting with like the way like the, the gears turn when they're like winding up to kick your ass. Uh, so uh, she she has to overcome her her fear and dislike of seeing kangaroos and being caught by kangaroos in order to head out into the worlds and find herself a hippo in this in this steampunk gotcha. wasteland. This, this sounds yeah. exactly like something up your alley, Amber. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a real coming of age story. Uh, the the one place that she is safe from the hippos though is it's one of those games where like if you're in the darkness, like a shadow or something, like they can't see you. So oh, you're always having to yeah, the, the kangaroos so can't see game. you. You are safe. It's a stealth game, yeah. But it's a third person shooter, steampunk mm. stealth game, but only in the darkness. Like you can't if you hide behind a box. Kangaroo's gonna fucking find you, but Very if there's a sh- but if there's a shadow behind that box, you're good. 
So you got to really pay attention to the way that the sun is in the sky when you're playing through the levels. It's a, it's mm-hmm. an interesting dynamic going on there. Um, I love that so about she, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, she has to head out to try and live her dream, her hippo-filled dream. But, I mean, she's got obstacles in the way, like the villain in the game. Like, Cody, sure. you know about the villain, yes. now, right? Yeah, absolutely. The villain, Adrian Bennett, um, is so... She's uh, originally from Scotland, though that has very little to do with her her character. I mean, the uh, accent. Well, yeah, I mean that's, that's really... true. It yeah, is yeah. an entirely voiced game, and uh, she she has a weird uh, ailment. She can only walk when she is hungry, but she is ravenously hungry all the time, and so she's going out. She she has this army of kangaroos that she sent out to try to, um, you know, uh, help sort of gather together all of the other creatures and things on Earth so that she can devour them to the best of her ability. And she is out there. Oh God, I'm sorry. Eating, eating some hippos. Uh, Holy shit. I know. Yeah. Um, just like I, I need to plug my headphones back in, apparently. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, okay. Leave it in. Yeah. Whatever. Leave it in. <laughs> so, um, so she's going around and she and she's eating some hippos and all these other animals because she just can't ever seem to be satiated and she's a ravenous animal just running back and forth and when it comes down to that final boss fight, the the tactic you got to take with her because she will she will just go into rage dashes and she's practically invincible. So you have to dodge her different patterns, but also you've got to just throw a bunch of stuff at her so that she can eat it. So it's like, she'll run at you with her mouth open. You got to throw papayas. You got to throw small feeder mice. You got to throw cogs and wheels so that she can eat it. And then, once she's eaten enough, she stops being hungry temporarily, and then she can't walk anymore. And that's when you can go up and start hitting her with all your uh, your your uh, armors and whatnot, your your weapons. Um, but you learn, you know, throughout some stuff as she gains sort of her wits about her that she comes from a broken family and it's very sad and like maybe. Um, Maybe we shouldn't be trying to stop her. Maybe we should be trying to find a, a solution. So you have that choice to do one or the other. Um, but either way, you got to stop her if you ever want to see this damn hippo and sure. uh, and the kangaroo army. So while it's very stealthy up until this point, once you get to that final battle, there is no more stealth. She can see fucking everything. She ain't a fucking kangaroo. She's got eyes. She can get you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of the way this, this villain works. Um, really the hero doesn't have a whole lot to do with her until you sort of start realizing that all these creatures that, uh, are endangered and other things, they're being devoured by this lady. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is, uh, there's an NPC that you, you, you want to talk about him? (laughs) I, I don't know. I thought that Bradley was like, and we're talking about Bradley, right? Yeah, yeah obviously. Of course, Bradley. Yeah. yeah. I thought that Bradley was going to be kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it's a steampunk game, right? And so, like, steampunk, like, the setting kind of skews a little older, right? You've always got, like, oh, I'm a distinguished 40-year-old man with a pocket watch or whatever. And I thought it was interesting to have a teenager, you know, kind of show up in the game, like, a a much younger character. Um, And, like, Bradley's really assertive. Um, He doesn't talk a lot. Um, And he, like, you know... He's he's kind of a weirdly designed character. He's got this really big nose. I don't know. It's kind of like he doesn't seem to fit in with the art style. But like I I thought it was interesting like how you had this mysterious teenager who just like showed up in all of these major pivotal cutscenes. You know, looking at the hippos, etc., etc., etc. And like I don't know. I thought he was gonna be something like really cool. And yeah. then there was that twist halfway through. Oh, I think he, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so, like, basically, a listener, there's these hints all through the game uh, that he is hiding this terrible secret concerning his parentage, right? He, you know, people are like, who is this kid? Why is he here? Where's his parents? Who are his parents? And, like, the camera will, like, zoom in on his face, right? And I'm like, okay, like, (laughs) are we going to find out the mystery of Bradley? Like, who are his parents? Like, who gave birth to this kid? And then you've got that section near the end where the the protagonist and antagonist are fighting, right? And, like, there's this huge war going on. Um, and then Bradley says, I'm Steam. I'm the Steam child. And, like, because <laughs> his parents, he's, like, born from the Steam or something? Oh, my God. It, it didn't. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, though that cutscene where he turns into steam and then like turns off all of the enemies, like steam propelled, like vehicles and stuff. I thought that was kind of cool, but it was just like, where did this come from? Why is he a steam child? Why does he talk the whole game about how much he hates sheep? Like I didn't get, cause there's no sheep in the game. It's all hippos and kangaroos. Um, I don't know. It, he was an interesting character. I just want, wanted like more of a, like less nonsensical nature to his mystery, I guess. Well, Um, you know, there are a lot of little things hidden throughout the game to kind of help you piece together the, the mystery surrounding Bradley. Right. But, um, you know, I think, I think it's tenuous at best. Well, okay. I guess that's true. Yeah. But like, like, it's there, but like you have to like, oh, let me go to this corner of the map that like doesn't matter. And then like, oh, yeah, no, here's a picture of a cloud pooping out a boy. Yeah, <laughs> that was a very graphic picture, actually. It was super gross. I never had seen a cloud cloaca before. And now I have and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was pretty grotesque. But like, you know, uh, they have every game has to shove in a million collectibles and uh, they all have some level of importance. So you feel compelled to keep doing it so that they can take their five hour game and stretch it out into like a 30 hour experience having to collect everything. And and yeah, it's- the mystery surrounding Bradley. That's one of them. It is it is weird that they do hide the mystery of Bradley pretty much in side quests. So if you right. ignore the side quests, you you get none of that. And then right. it's it, it's a very awkward moment when he kind of when you reach the reveal because the reveal scene is still there. And maybe that's the problem, Matt, is that you didn't re- reach all of the side quest information. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I just thought it was yeah. a lot. I, I yeah. wanted to focus more. On, I like the main story more. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to focus on that. 
And I thought I thought that Bradley would just like be more explained during the main plot rather than be like, oh no, yeah, no, this these people over here are telling a side story under their breath. You have to wait thirty seconds. I'll talk about, hey, did you see a cloud shit a kid yesterday? And like, it's a lot of cloud shitting. I'm just like, it was, I don't know. Sure, it, it, it seemed like not connected to the main narrative. Well, until I, it I was. I see that. I just, I, I just feel like the art style of steamy, steamy hippos really mm-hmm. was, was, is quite good. Was quite good. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that. Um, I think the name is really good. I like, I like yeah. the title. I like the box art. I like the art sure. style. They yeah. did um, rip off hungry, hungry hippos uh, artwork for the most part, though. They just sort of turned all the balls into steam. The box art was bad. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, quite I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. Yeah. I don't know. I thought. I thought. I like the idea of like these steam hippos that are just like kind of like the owl and Clash of the Titans. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe is that Jason the Argonauts? I don't know. One or the other. No, that was that, that was, was Clash of the Titans. That was Clash. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's like a bunch of cool metallic owls, or I mean hippos. Hippos. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the same style as the the owl from Clash of the Titans, original right. Clash of the Titans, not the shitty remake Clash of the Titans. Right, exactly. That did that one have an owl? I don't know. I think I think there was an owl in that one. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we've probably talked enough about steamy, steamy hippos. We want to. Yeah. Do we want to move on to our next uh, game, Cody? What you been playing? So okay, so I've been playing this game. Uh, It stars uh, a main character named Alicia Lloyd. Um, and she's a photographer, but she's she's very pessimistic about it. And uh, this game is it's a puzzle game where um, you uh, kind of are going around trying to take pictures of, uh, of various things to get um, the evidence you need to kind of put the mafia um uh behind bars like you're you have a real problem with the mafia you're very angry about zombies and there are like these clues like maybe the mafia is using zombies to do some of their their big dirty Uh, crimes right oh shit that makes sense yeah and uh for some reason the catchphrase people always call compare her to a pessimistic forest and i never quite got that that seemed like a weird catchphrase just so you can put something stupid on the box art but uh (laughs) but it's there um because there is like this weird kind of comedy going throughout it but they don't do a super good job at it um but she uh, she is trying to sort of redeem herself after she pushed a journalist off a cliff. So that's why she's like, look, the I've got to do something great with my life. The mafia is gathering these zombies. I've got to go take all the pictures I can uh, mm. of these things so I can put them behind bars. And to solve the puzzles, there is like this continuing rule that you've got to leave something behind. And um, it, it could be that you need to like you've been carrying this big, heavy backpack with you this whole time. And every level, you've got to leave something you've been carrying with you uh, from the previous levels behind in order to be able to solve the puzzle. So like you can take this big old backpack, you can leave it on this button so that the door opens. But now that backpack's gone. But now you can go through through the door but you have to make sure that you have everything you need out of it first because right. otherwise you won't have it with you in the future stages you need it in the future yeah so it's an interesting yeah. thing where uh you have to make sure that you are giving up 
the correct item because yeah. basically if you give up the wrong thing, you're soft locked and you have to go back and redo the entire level. Because you have to go back. Right. There's a save point at the end of every level when you choose what item you are going to give up. You can go through the whole next level to find out that you are that you chose the wrong item. And you have to go back to that save point right. and choose a different item. But so you like, might sometimes have to go through each level like seven, eight times. I don't know. I think it's a little more generous than that, though. I mean, if you keep picking wrong, for sure. But, like... You know, you can, like, okay, so, like, the the puzzle Cody was talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Where you need to get rid of your backpack to go through the door, right? Because yeah. you can't fit through the door wearing your big old bulky backpack. Right. right? Like, this is, this is an inventory management puzzle game. Yeah. And so, like, you got to start thinking laterally, all right, so what can I do? Like, the backpack seems pretty important because it holds other items in it. So what could I get rid of to also fit through the door? And so... You can, like, solve these puzzles by getting rid of multiple items sometimes. So, like, you can actually sure. get through the door by taking off your shoes. There you now, go. A lot of people don't know that. I never thought they, about that. Exactly. You don't even know that you can take off your clothes until later in the game where they force you to take off your clothes. It's a and very disturbing very scene. Yeah, that was a, that was a really weird bad. scene. I didn't like it. it I don't know why they included that in there, but they did. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I thought I think the the puzzles are um, if you like. Obviously, they could have gone further with it, right? Mm-hmm. I just think I like this idea of you know it's, it's like choose your own adventure kind of like okay. So kind now of. I don't have shoes, and so later on when you have to do the room of hot coals, right? Since you don't have shoes, okay, now what are you going to give up? Yeah in order to pass over this room, right? I don't think the quality assurance was done very well in this game because it really does kind of feel like there are some things you shouldn't have been able to do that you were able to do. Um, but, like... I found that freeing. I don't know. It, you make a very good argument for it actually being a, a, a good thing in the long run. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But, I think it, it, was, it was cool. I think, like, it all served up uh, to, like advance the narrative right yeah because really you want to make sure that as you're giving things up you're not giving up the piano keys because that's what the villain wants oh yeah why don't you tell us about that villain oh my god (laughs) okay all right so um o'brien i think his name was like gene o'brien they just call him o'brien the whole game uh he's this like elderly monarch from denmark and like it, it's completely out of place it makes no sense he's like wearing this huge flowing cape and all these medals and stuff he's got this like doc brown white hair um and like he comes off as like super smart or whatever mm-hmm. but he's just obsessed with finding these piano keys right and like your character is hoarding these piano keys um, and like the game doesn't really tell you like, okay, you should hold on to these, but O'Brien, like as he's hounding you through these puzzle rooms, as he's sending traps your way that you have to avoid, um, like it, it becomes very obvious that maybe you should get the piano keys. Sure. Up until you get to the final level. It doesn't where... hold your hand, which I kind of, do- no, it doesn't like, it doesn't like, there's a, like, a little tutorial text here and there, but like, um, when you get to that final level, Right, mm-hmm. you've gone through the forest puzzle, um, which is maybe my second favorite puzzle in the game. You get there, and you have if you have all the piano keys, 
and like you emerge and you're in front of this candle factory right and you're just like why am i going in this candle factory what's the point of the candle factory and you go in and it turns out in order to enter you have to like play a song on these piano keys which okay. i thought was super cool i didn't make and it that you, far so that's good to know it's really hard to do because you have to like i manage your items perfectly to make sure you have all 88 piano keys by the end yeah right okay Orion can't get a single one and then you can go into the final level um, where you find out the whole thing was O'Brien is obsessed with trying to run a candle factory. He really wants to make candles. He's actually just this weird, like, I don't know, candle obsessive guy who kind of otherwise has nothing to do with, like, the main thrust of uh, your character's plot, you know? Well, um, you do so- find out that he was uh, giving the, um, the... He was supplying the mafia with the zombies... So in turn that they could, he could utilize them in order to be able to get the keys. Yeah. But I mean, like he could have also just gotten the piano keys. Why did he have to get involved with the mafia or making zombies? It was a stretch. Uh, Yeah. Like, (laughs) like I, he seemed like he was, he had this crazy plan. um, And like, I guess because he is sort of like a psychopath. um, And so like his obsession it's like, I'll do anything to get the piano keys. But it's like, bud, like, I solved puzzles and I got them. Why don't you just do that? Yeah, exactly. You seem pretty capable. You make traps. You make zombies. Like, right. You're this calculating monarch from Denmark. I don't know. Why don't you just, like, get them with your hands like a normal person? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, man. Yeah. I don't know. It was, a, it was a weird plot hole to me. But, like... Otherwise, I thought like he he chewed scenery, and I kind of digged. It. I dug it the whole time. What know? about that NPC though? You know what I'm mean, talking about? Yeah. Well, I mean, Del, Del, Del Diaz. Right. Yeah, Del. Exactly. I mean, that is him talking about. Well, he, he's like very critical to it all. Like it's kind of like the same thing with the last game, where it, it was a character that you really didn't realize was going to be critical until you until you reach the ending, and then you realize that they were the key the whole time to to winning this this puzzle game uh because uh 95 year old dell is just the sweetest little old rich rich father figure in the in in the game and like you you see him from time to time everyone uh, in this game's kind of old huh yeah everyone's yeah. Just, it's just old people love puzzles i guess uh, so they like and, my uh, puzzles but, but, you wouldn't know he's old though because he is just addicted to skipping. I mean, he's always skipping along, skipping along everywhere he goes. But uh, uh, which is funny because physically he's built like a beanstalk. So I mean, he's really tall and lanky and just skipping around all over the place. Got a weird visual element to him too. Yeah. 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 Uh, and just he's pretty. But this whole the whole thing is, and you, you kind of see this a little bit throughout. Is he is particularly interested. In learning to play musical instruments that he does hmm. not know how to play, oh. which is which is very interesting because all throughout, like every time you you come through and you see him, he's trying something new. I mean, he's trying violins, he's trying tubas, he's trying bagpipes. It's kind of like you think it's like a comical thing until you realize that when you're starting to get more and more of those these piano keys that. The key to winning the game is you ha- is Dell has to learn how to play piano. 
because right. once all the keys are assembled, Dell has to play the piano to to lift the curse that kills all the zombies. It okay. is it is a zombie killing song. Dell's zombie killing medley of show tunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought yeah. we were under NDA not to disclose that, but I'm so glad that you went ahead and said it so we can just talk about it. Yeah. 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 That I, that was wild. He had, he also had like the, the, he, he didn't realize it this whole time, but remember he has the golden piano key, which is the yeah. one key that, that can be used to kill the zombies once he yeah. is playing the piano. Right. I mean, I mean, he is just particularly interested to learn the pl- to play instruments. He's not necessarily good at them, so you know, it was kind of like just listening to somebody play chopsticks in the end. But, uh, but he good did enough. it. Yeah, yeah, good enough, close enough. Yeah, yeah. So, um, man, what was this? What was this game called? Uh, I can't remember. It was, um, hmm, it had keys in the title. Oh, the Royal Keys. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, the mystery of the Royal Keys. Um, Which is just a very basic, boring name. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like, they can't all be winners. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had Steamy Steamy Hippos. We've had World War III. And and now we have the mystery of the Royal Keys. It's kind of, uh, but, you know, it's sort of a... It's a puzzle game, a mystery puzzle game, sort of. So it kind of fits in with. Uh, it with fits, but it, I mean, it does seem. I, I think if there's it is one forgettable thing that I that I would have to critique the game on is I I do think that the uh, the developers should come up with something a little bit more uh, eye catching because it's sure. it's a it's a really interesting game, really interesting puzzles, but I think that people are not going to really pick it up and play it unless it, it's something much more like papow like. Sure. I, I have heard there's a sequel in the works, though, called The Royal Keys, The Brown Noise. And uh, I don't know mm, how that's going to go. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, I hate it. Yeah. Um, I think we have time to talk about at least one more game. Uh, oh. Uh, uh, yeah, we still got some time. Matt, you want to give us the next hero? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean... <laughs> give you the next am I, am I like inventing a game on the spot or something? no 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 yeah. no i just i want you to talk about uh you know we, we've been talking about the hero first so i'm i'm gonna let you continue that trend sure sure of course um okay so like this game i thought was going to be garbage um and i thought it was going to be weird and bad i thought it was going to be um i don't know how how do i say this uh pointless really so it's a god game right kind of like uh, civilization or sim city oh, okay, or whatever okay. this yeah. one huh okay yeah yeah right um it's a god game um slash city builder um but the trick is and so like so it's, it's a god game city builder that takes place in ancient rome okay Mm-hmm. Um, but the trick is that it also takes place in just one room. Oh, the whole it's a, thing is just a one city room. builder in one room. It's weird. Right. Right. So you're building this whole city. Um, but like, you're also not cause you can only build one room. Well, the thing about it is, is that you're, you're building the city, 
but you're not you don't get to see the city but your room is affected by the world around it well so you yeah kind and of your room the affects progress, the city yeah. the, the, the progress of what's going on outside the one screen that you were on the entire time based off of the choices that you are making right so if you like you put a toilet in your room then everybody outside can now pee right you put a bed in your room now everyone outside can finally sleep when they couldn't before and like if you don't put a bed in your room then everyone around the around the city is really tired because they can't sleep right so no work is getting done and there's no right there's no money being like there's no economy going on Mm -hmm. and no yeah if the you, rest it, of the city is is based upon like basically you are this iconoclast, okay? So you technically have a character of Jonas, who is this you know he's this young student who he lost his left arm, um, he's just kind of dirty and scraggly, hates his neighbors, um, but for the most part he uh, like is just kind of this unassuming ancient Roman student and um, like. The fact of the matter is it seems like the rest of the city just follows his lead, right? Right. So you're decorating one room, which causes the rest of the city to follow in the trends that you set, right? Right. Um, I, I thought, like, the fact that they tried to shoehorn in a plot on this, this very weird one-note game, uh, was strange. Because, like, they keep, you know, every, like... You'll put a couple items in the room, right? Like at one point, I put up this poster, and then I put uh, I put a computer in there, which like all oh, this is weirdly anachronistic, by the way. Um, sure, I put yeah. it in this room, and then the city started building out based on what I built, and then Jonas says like, "I hate my uncle," and I'm like, "What?" And then like, <laughs> he, there's like this slowly building thing. Like every time a couple a couple things you put in the room, like he just starts talking shit about his uncle. He's got this terrible secret concerning his uncle. Um, and then finally you figure out that his uncle is actually Julius Caesar. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. Like so a, that's why like everyone is following you. The actual Julius Caesar or a reincarnated Julius Caesar. The actual Caesar. one, because you're in ancient Rome. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it is weird because, like, you're also just trying to live your own life, right? And, like, if you right. watch TV at night, all of a sudden everyone in uh, the city is like, but I didn't want to watch the hell box at night. Right, exactly. A lot of them are just like, I don't know what this is. Are there ghosts in it? Yeah. And, like, yeah. Um, and, like, you don't even really control Jonas. You, he's, he kind of is automated. He does what he wants based on what you've put in, in the one room. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but I mean, like there, I mean, there are some other characters that try and shoehorn in the story. Like, um, there's a the, rival sort of character, yeah. which is stupid. Well, the, the thing about, the thing about Jojo right. is that you don't really realize that Jojo, it, it's kind of like before, like you don't really realize cause Jojo is just a particularly cute character that she is just so cute. Because, I mean, while you are stuck in the one room, other people can come in and out of the room. That's how you also can interact with others. And Jojo, at first, doesn't seem like she stands out much. She's a, a painter uh, who is very loyal to her craft and seems very loyal to him. But every time she comes over, she's always talking about how she just cannot stay out of trouble. And at first, you think, like, it is just, like, her, the particularly cuteness of her. And that that blue shirt that she's always wearing. Right. But 
uh, over time, you you start to think that maybe there's there's more to it than that. I mean, she starts talking about how her biggest fear is getting bitten by a lion, which I mean, being the fact that this is set in ancient ancient times, like kind of like speaks to like the whole Colosseum thing. Uh, yeah, like, but what main character's what uncle would, could throw him in? But I mean, what on earth would you would a loyal painter that's so adorable like like have to fear about ending up in the Colosseum. Right. Uh, because then it is, of course, revealed that, uh, yeah, Jojo Kim uh, really likes killing bad guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, vigilante. But she's a vigilante, but it, it, but the bad guys are also, from the standards of society, technically the society's good guys. Uh, I mean... Yeah. 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 She... I mean, spoiler alert, uh, she might have been there on the Ides of March, if you know what I'm saying, type of situation. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Who was it? It's kind of like foreshadowing as well, too, with that whole thing. Yeah. I just, okay, so I think that JoJo's character is interesting, right? mm -hmm. I think that JoJo's plotline is interesting. I think that the character design is pretty cool. I think there's a lot to, like, that you know, like kept me wanting to know more about Jojo. Mm-hmm. It just also seemed that none of that had anything to do with decorating one person's bedroom. Yeah. And so I was just like, well, I mean, why do I get I mean, like a 45 minute cut scene? Well, yeah. I mean, she, she's introduced because of the whole painting thing. You're, you're hiring her to paint stuff for your walls. And based on what she paints kind of has an effect on the, on the room and the world. So that's how she's kind of introduced into the game. But then, yeah, you're right. Once she's like, like she's still showing, even after there's paintings on the wall and she's still showing up and it's kind of like, what's going on here? Like, sure. The, the, the wall, there is no more space on the walls to fill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, we also had like, remember that, that side character? Like, okay, so there's Billy. Why right? are there remember so many Billy? characters? It's a game about a room. I know. Well, Billy is uh, sort of, he's the, for some reason you've hi- hired a butler and every city builder needs an advisor, right? And Billy is that butler advisor that you call upon to help you figure out, all right, so where should I put this stuff once you start realizing that this, the way you organize your room and the things you do in your room influences the way that the city uh, builds and expands, you can go to Billy and be like, all right, so where should I put this statue of Thanos that I bought off of Amazon in ancient Rome? <laughs> right. And uh, he'll be like, all right, well, if you put it here, then it's going to spawn the statue on top of the local market and that might kill some people. So really you need to put, put it more center of town, which would be in this case directly in the middle of your bed. So you have to choose, do you want to have like this uncomfortable bed like situation so that the, the um, statue spawns in the correct spot or do you just kill everyone in the market? Right. So you, yeah. you sort of use Billy as as your advisor. Sometimes he gives you bad advice. You know, he's not perfect, right? I feel like he always gave me bad advice. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's, it's very, it's algorithmic, this advice. I, so. it, it, it always seemed tied into, like, the commercial tie-ins. Like, the Thanos statue you talked about. Mm-hmm. Or there mm-hmm. were, like, 
you know, I'm like, okay, I want to make my room look like ancient Rome because this game takes place in ancient Rome. And then that guy comes up and he's like, oh, hey, did you know that right now at the Acropolis, they're selling this Dominic Toretto statue and it's got his real car. And I'm like, <laughs> none of that makes sense. Why is Dominic Toretto from Fast and the Furious in this game? And then, then like, he looks at the camera and he winks and he says it's about family. And I'm like, that movie doesn't come out for 2,000 years. <laughs> you don't know movies. What is this? Uh, yeah, it's, exactly. Like, I don't know. It was just really strange. I thought it was an odd choice. I didn't think that he helped me. I didn't feel like I, I, beat the, I beat that game, and I beat it, like, ignoring every single thing he said. It's like, oh, yeah, no, why don't you get some fruit by the foot? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's six feet of bubble gum for you, not them. What is bubble gum? I don't... <laughs> And really, when you hear the stuff that's happening in the world outside, they kind of serve as the uh, the the voice of the player, too, because like the people of the town, they don't fucking understand any of the shit. They just think that's a statue of wrinkle chin guy. And uh, right. yeah. And well, um, you put like you put the statue of Thanos in your room and that affects the city outside. And so everyone just starts going around saying, did you guys see Avengers? Did you see Avengers? Hey, did you guys see Avengers? <laughs> it's like, no, they couldn't have. No. They're in ancient Rome. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, anachronistic, as you said. Um, it bothered me. Yeah. What was the name of this game, Matt? Oh, yeah. So it was like um, something like Rome was built in a day. And because you do have a, a counter to like you have to build it in one day. And uh, but yeah. that's because you're just decorating a room, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> OK, like, yeah. Know, like the day felt really long again with an hour and a half cutscene about a guy and his other storyline. Yeah. Know. Yeah. The the it's they really try to shove in way too many characters and their backstories into this game uh, for, <laughs> you know, a decoration simulator. But that's fine. Yeah. And those are the f the games we've been listening or uh, or playing. Everybody, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you you listen to you've us listened to yeah. games. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, but uh, it is now time for Stuff Weekly to call it a call it a week. Call it over. Oh, thank God. Yeah, it's time for us to go on. Uh, maybe we'll be back for more reviews next time. That though, you know, maybe it didn't work out. Maybe we're gonna do something else. But right now, the idea is video game reviews. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Finally, finally, the gamers have a voice. Finally, it's about damn time. Anyway, this but, has been. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was about to say, but uh, I don't know if I want to do this again next week, you guys. Let's do something else. Okay, that's fine. Okay, we, we'll cool. figure something yeah. out. Uh, all right, everybody. This has been Stuff Weekly. I'm Cody Coleman. With me, as always, is Matt Crua and Amber Lee. And hopefully, next time we'll have Nikki back. Until next time, don't die, everybody. And uh, I don't know, play games or something. Yeah, like Tiddly Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>